0: Hello residents of Eviltown, this is Dean. Johnny Gold. And today we're gonna to be doing a review of Cryptid, then we're gonna be doing a showdown between Pioneer Days and Gold West. So thanks for joining us for episode number 13.
1: All right, Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with his detective hat on, a magnifying glass, and I think I'm kind of drawing blanks right now. Um, that's it. What's the What's you said, detective hat? Yeah. Okay. Like a Sherlock Holmes hat. Because
0: today we are reviewing Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective. Correct? No, we
1: are incorrect. No, I did that because you love your deduction games, and we're reviewing Cryptid today. It is true. It is true. Dean loves, spoiler alert, deduction games. I Now, he might not love Cryptid. Do I love Cryptid? You'll find out. Are you going to talk about yourself in the third person for the entire episode? (laughs) That would be kind of fun, right? Dean might love Cryptid. (laughs) We'll see. How does Daddy Dean feel about Cryptid? I don't know. Let's ask Daddy Dean how he feels about crypto. How about let's look at a poll? What do you think? I like it. Let's do it. All right. So this was based on last episode. Last episode, we talked about uh, the fantasy lands and where we would like to live and all that. So I started a 16 fantasy land tournament. And we have gone through two rounds now, eight lands. We've gotten two winners from those. And we started our third. So let's just go through the first two real quick. All right, read them out. I want to hear them. First one. Middle Earth, Terabithia, Sodor, Whoville. I think you know who won, right?
0: Well, if my son voted for this, either of my sons, they might say Sodor. Sodor. Yeah, yeah, perhaps.
1: But I would say probably Middle Earth. We did get some, vote for so- some votes for Sodor. Yeah. Uh, um, Middle Earth creamed everybody, pretty much. Yeah, I figured that would be All right, so now I'm. Uh, let me just... <clears throat> I don't want to get on a soapbox... You have to talk me down a little bit, Dean. But alright. I, I I voted for Whoville personally. And I don't vote in all of our polls, but I did vote in these because I think these are just really fun. Let me let me give you my pitch. Is Middle Earth amazing? Yes. I love <laughs> what's the problem? Hold on. There? Well, <laughs> there we go. Let's move on to the next one. Is Tolkien amazing? Yes. Is Lord of the Rings amazing? Yes. But do you want to live there? If Sauron yes. is in power, <laughs> like, you are, I mean, like, that is not a, dude, I mean, think of all the plagues and all the stuff going on. Now, if we're talking like I'm frolicking in the Shire, I get that. But there's a lot of bad stuff going on in Middle Earth. All these people want to live there? I don't buy that. Okay, well, we're not all
0: scaredy cats. I say we because I voted for Middle Earth. We're not, are- a, we're not all scared, for one. Two, how many dragons are in Whoville? okay first of all how if, many wizards are in whoville as
1: soon as you saw a wizard or a dragon you would probably tinkle your pants and run away <laughs> <laughs> a bad wizard <laughs> and yes i did incorporate the word tinkle onto this episode that might be the case i it would just be so cool there's so much cool stuff to see i, I agree with that i just i, I love middle earth like i, I mean I, I mean i'm a huge lord of the rings fan it's just <laughs> like I'm, I'm sitting back going where would i like to live i mean whoville is like a constant party yeah, I mean, if you... You can want, do anything you want there.
0: If you want to live with no adventure, if you want to live with, like, what? everything's all perfect of... all the time, except somebody coming to steal your Christmas gifts every once in a while, then that's fine. You can live there. Yeah, but, I mean, think of all the awesome hairdos I could have. That is, that is true. <laughs> that's the
1: whole reason I want to live there. Okay, I get it. I can I can I... wear my hairstyle any way I want, and no <laughs> one's going to say anything, because it's crazy over there.
0: And I guess, now that the Grinch is is good, spoiler you know you don't have to worry
1: about the Grinch coming to steal your gifts can I I say this my wife and I had this debate because I started bringing up these things and she said well when you're saying do you want to live there are you saying do you want to live there after I should have maybe specified this or during you know the Tolkien series during, you know what I mean, like, and I thought during maybe because then you're I'm thinking of like all the stuff going on. But I think maybe we have I'm to say of it.
0: we have to say present, right? Present day Middle Earth, present day whoville Oh,
1: then it's, everything's rescued then. Yeah, In everything. Yeah. So um, now you you, well, you want to change your answer? Yeah, probably. Okay. All right. Everyone, hey, you heard it. Middle and Earth. And is I want to say answer. this too. Here's the other thing about whoville that I'm going to pitch for, even though I'm like. I'm gonna completely contrast this and I don't really care about this. All you people out there that can't get off your computers and your smartphones, you really wanna live in Middle Earth? No technology.
0: Present day Middle Earth
1: has technology. There is no <laughs> It's present day. It's So it's, you're saying like Frodo, who's completely dead by now, would is like would be chilling on his iPad mini?
0: No, no, no. No none of those characters exist in present know. day
1: Middle Earth, probably, right? Hey, this what's is, the what's the next four? Yeah, let's go. Let's move on. I think I think you know you know when you analyze something stupid. I think we're borderlining that right now. <laughs> Borderline, he says. <laughs> the second group was Oz, Hyrule, Dynatopia, Westeros, Westeros, Westeros. <laughs> I knew I was gonna get that wrong. <laughs> Nailed it. I don't know nothing about that. I don't either. Actually, I'll be completely so. frank. So
0: we 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 are like I think the one percent that doesn't watch game of thrones both of us so we have nothing to speak on that so i literally have nothing to speak on it i know literally nothing about that yeah i've listened to some of the books on tape and that's it and now half of our listeners are gone <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is what's what's Dinotopia? i don't even know oh, okay i looked it up and i can't even remember now okay sorry there's a lot of things oh, that's, that go uh, to the my brains land,
0: um land of the lost is that no what it's, it's no. not
1: land you, you're talking about land before
0: time <laughs> is that not <laughs> no no i'm not all right, I'm looking it's this a, up while you're Okay, tell okay. me who you voted for while Okay. So, I'm this well,
1: Jimmy, who who do you know who won out of those? I don't. Okay. Well, it was interesting because and let me uh, it was a tie between Oz and High Here's the interesting part about this Meepletown. We are about an hour out and it's tied, and I put a post, "Please someone break the tie." And guess what? we had someone wonderfully break the tie to only have someone else go in and tie it back up again. And I'm like, they had to have done that on purpose, right? Like They're (laughs) pleading to break the tie, and then someone else goes in and ties it back up just for the sake of tying it back up. Anywho, then I had to run a one-day, I ran a one-day Oz versus Hyrule, and Hyrule creamed it. 71% Seventy-one percent to twenty-nine percent. So it wasn't even close. Okay,
0: I want to change my answer.
1: I think I've I think I voted for
0: Hyrule, maybe. But DinoTopia is its own thing. Uh, I am very ignorant when it comes to this, apparently. But it's a there's a DinoTopia book, um, which everyone out there is screaming at the radio saying, "Of course, there's a DinoTopia book." You idiots! It looks amazing. Um, it was published in 92, 19, 1992. And it's I'm just looking at pictures, and it's a bunch of people riding on dinosaurs. I vote for Dinotopia. Wow, that would be pretty awesome. Actually. Yeah, I do want to ride a dinosaur. So think about that. For those of you who don't know Dinotopia, like me, you should get to have ride we should on have dinosaurs talked about it ahead of time, and you could have Man, sold them on it. I know it, but I,
1: you still, even though that sounds awesome, dude. Oz, come on. Now, if I'm playing my own game by saying I have to have a wicked witch there because I'm going back into those times, that is not pleasant. <laughs> But the Munchkins are dope. Yeah, that's true. So if you live live,
0: live in Munchkinland, if I, if I live it, <laughs> if
1: that, you
0: live in Munchkinland, that would be that would be pretty cool. Even Oz. I mean, like, Glinda's awesome. She's nice. She's yeah, cool. That's true. She's sweet. Oz itself, though, like the the wonderful city of Oz. Does that remind <laughs> you? Does that remind you <laughs> uh, of? <Sorry. laughs>
1: I thought you were gonna say wizard and and I know you just anyways no, that just kind of came out city funny. of Oz that just came out funny.
0: Does it remind you of the capital from Hunger Games a little bit? Yeah, but a little more. Yes,
1: I don't know what it is. I love I love Oz. Oh, I do too. I love I love The Wizard of Oz. I love like the I movie do too. itself. I mean, I do too. I love that movie. I've watched it since I was. Uh, child and quite enjoyed it. So I'm the, all the way. The correct answer is Dinotopia. here. What's the next one? <laughs> well, that's it except for the current poll that we have going on, which will be closed by the time you hear this, but it looks like there won't even be, this is an absolute runaway. Fantasia, Narnia, land of the lost where the wild things are. Narnia is probably running away with 86% it, yeah. right now. It's not even close. So I'm actually, I was putting some of the big ones, not against each other. Cause I, I thought it would lead to a more exciting final four. So it will be interesting to see like Hyrule, and which I'm actually surprised Hyrule did so well. Like I'm 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 a huge Zelda fan. I mean I love that stuff, but I I don't know. I
0: just yeah I'm wondering. It's hard to separate yourself from how much you love the the intellectual property and how
1: what it would be like to actually live there. Right, right. Yeah, it is.
0: So like I think oh I love Zelda. You know I wanna
1: I wanna play Zelda. Not that I I necessarily want to live there. Yeah, that's what I just kind of thought Hyrule just sounds eh, it sounds okay. But anyways, but. Having that, but Middle Earth and like Narnia, and then the next four is going to have a couple heavy hitters in there as well. The next four is going to have two heavy hitters fighting against each other, and that's going to be Wonderland and Never Never Neverland, which that'll be interesting. Yeah, yep. Those are, I'd have, I actually have a hard time thinking. If you go to Never Never Neverland, you never get old. That's true. In Dinotopia, you get to ride on dinosaurs.
2: <laughs> I just... I can't get that out of my mind now. All right.
1: Uh, I think we should talk about some games we've been playing lately. What do you think, Dean? That's not a bad idea. Or uh, or I was dinosaurs. Was think, or I was trying to think because your word... Your word. Your name, Dean, and dinosaur? Like, Dine? I don't even know what's happening right now. But I was trying to combine the two, and I fell flat on my face.
0: All right. I'll talk about what I've In front of the playing. millions of listeners. <laughs> do you want me to talk first? Millions. All right, so a game that I've been playing uh, a decent amount of is called Blueprints, which is a game that came out in 2013. And this is by uh, uh, Ives uh, Touring Me. Um, excuse me. for <laughs> sounds, I'm so sorry. That was awful. Yeah. And you're I'm, usually pretty good. I, I try. Um, but that was awful. And I apologize for that. But, but this is a game where you are, it's a pretty small box game where you're rolling dice and you're going to be drafting those dice and building them onto your blueprints, and you're doing this this all behind a screen. You're each gonna draft six dice, and then once you've drafted those six dice, you're gonna pull the screen up, and you're going to score based on your personal blueprint. You're gonna get points if you completed it correctly. You'll get points based on what types of material, that's the different colored dice, Um, how you've configured those and how many points you get based on that. And then there's bonus cards uh, that you can get points uh, for those as well. And you're going to play through three rounds of this, and then that's the entire game. It plays in about, I don't know, 30 minutes, I guess, is what it says on BGG. Uh, And that's probably about right. But I've been teaching this to uh, several people. Uh, My wife, some friends of ours, and actually they taught it to us, and then we played several games with them. And then uh, we taught it to her brother and his wife and we've really enjoyed this game it's it's really fun I, th- it, I I think it's difficult to find this game right now but I'm sure they'll reprint it somewhere down the road but it's just a lot of fun the thing the thing that I like most about this is that so you every round you're adding up your score right so you might get 30 points in a round but that's not the score you you take that and you say um, whoever has the most uh, points is gonna get a card that says you got first place for this round which is only worth, Uh, I think three points. So gold is is three and then two and then one. So you're only going to get like a a couple cards that give you a few points each round. And so it's the catch up is is great because you're not trying to catch up with 30 points. You're only trying to catch up, you know, three or four points if you get behind early in the game. But we've really enjoyed it. and The people that we've played it with love
1: it, too. So that was, you know, after church uh, a week or so ago, a couple came up to us who had just played some friends of ours with common friends with Dean and Amanda and his wife, and they had just got done playing the night before, and they were raving about it.
0: Yeah, same couple. They really... (laughs) Same couple that taught us. Oh, they taught you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh!
1: I didn't know that they... So they had... They don't have it. We have it, but I hadn't played it yet. That's interesting. Well, I didn't put two and two together because they didn't sound like they had played yeah. it but they had i guess yeah somebody had taught okay. them a, a while back and my bad does. yeah yeah it's a lot of fun though you have so you haven't played it. i haven't played it and just you know hearing those folks get excited about it hearing you talk about it sounds like a fun game i'd like to give it a whirl
0: yeah i recommend it i mean again if you like dice drafting if you uh if you like short games you can play this two to four players i think is what it is and, and it works just as well with with the different player accounts i recommend it i don't re- recommend trying to find it right now because like i said yeah. i think it's pretty difficult to find but when they reprint it definitely look
1: into this sweet what about you well i'm going to bring up a game that's been out for quite a while that i bought at the tennessee game days for in shrink for ten dollar so it was a pretty good deal and that is Constantinopolis. It's a fantasy flight game. Uh, the designer is Giancarlo Fioretti and he's only done one game. I'm bringing this up. I got a it was one of those just buys. I guess I was like, "You know what? I'm going to take a flyer. It's 10 bucks. I'm going to give it a shot." It's absolutely through and through a dry euro game, which I typically enjoy, so I just went, "You know what? I'm going to get this game." I was interested that Fantasy Flights publishing it now. Um, but anyway, I, I I pulled this thing out. It was I think the last game out of like ten games that I purchased to actually bring to the table. Cause I mean, it wasn't that I was not excited, but I wasn't overly excited about it. Uh, my wife and I played this I think this week or the or maybe the week before. But I'm gonna tell you something. Like, if you like Euro games, especially are cool with a dry Euro game, Constantinopolis was actually pretty fun. You're you're purchasing these city building tiles and you're putting them into your city kind of like your tableau or whatever you're putting these tiles and they're producing goods and you have different buildings that you know give you different bonuses or whatever but you have your ship and you're trying to ship the goods off based on the goods that you're producing and maybe the goods that you're purchasing and you know i'm not going to go into every detail about it because it just might sound Just kind of dry, honestly. But with all the mechanics and stuff, it was pretty fun. I definitely have a few gripes about it. um, About some of the fiddly rules and stuff that they have in there. Um, But you do, like... Not only are you doing... Like purchasing these tiles and stuff, but you're vying for rolls, which I enjoy those type of games, right? Where you're, I want the role, I want this roll to give me this bonus for this round. But you can actually, it's got kind of like an auction y thing. So if you've taken it and I want it, then I can actually say, well, I'll bid three for that roll. And you say, well, I'll bid four for that roll. So that was kind of cool. So they had a couple little like interesting things like that all working together. But I mean, I'm looking on Board Game Geek and it's a 6.9. Uh, uh, you know, that's not a terrible score. And I, th- I think it's every bit a 6.9 in my opinion. I thought it was fun. Now, I'll say, that i haven't played it a whole lot and i do know that uh, i think i think i watched rotto run through it and him mentioned he thought it was a little samey from game to game so i can't sit here and say or he was afraid it was going to be samey from game to game because the tiles don't really change but i, I don't i don't know i didn't feel like that whenever i played it uh, also i think man versus meeple thought that was a pretty solid game too so i that that's why i got it because i got it based on his um Recommendation, yeah, and and he said it was a pretty fun game. I was like, for ten dollars, I give it a flyer. So, anyways, if you like Euro games and you find it for cheap, I totally recommend it.
0: Yeah, I kind of, I, I'm interested because you, I mean, you talked to me about it when you were playing it and and said that you liked it. But the auction is the thing that, once you said auction, I was like, "Eh, maybe not. I don't hate auctions. It's just the,
1: it's so it's the auction for the role It's the very first thing that you do before every turn. I'll say this: If you're playing a two-player version, it's almost non-existent. There's five roles; you don't really vie for them very often. You just kind of, okay. You just kind of stay in your lane. Now, it does happen sometimes. Now, I could see it happening if you had three or four players. Like, oh man, well he's gonna, you know, they're bidding for that auction. There, I mean, for that role and stuff like that. So that that part's a little fiddly. If you play three or four players, I think, which I haven't, and that would be a gripe that I might have about the game. Mm-hmm. Besides that, though, it, it flows pretty smoothly. Um, and it's pretty fun, yeah. It's 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 just it's. I think it's a good solid Euro game. Not gonna blow anyone's like mind.
0: Classic, classic Euro. Totally is classic Euro. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: not gonna it's not gonna blow your mind if someone if you find. I mean, if I could just be frank, if it's for forty bucks, I wouldn't buy it. If I found it for twenty bucks, I'd buy it. Yeah, you yeah. know, if you like if you like classic Euro games.
0: Yeah, and I do. I I really enjoy going. Going back and playing a lot of the classics, classics that I haven't played before. Yeah. Um, I just I think that's fun. But it's
1: not. How old is this game? When did it come 2010, out? 2010. So okay, it's so not it's not super old, but it's but it has not, the classic feeling of like it definitely has the classic feeling. Yeah, I think that if this would have came back, came out whenever like Puerto Rico and stuff came out, like there would have been a lot of people. It would have gotten a lot more. Yeah, hype yeah. and stuff. Like it w- It would have been pretty good. But anyways, anyway, so I'll, I'll I'll stop there. That's cool. There's people that are going. I don't want to listen about dry euro games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you don't want to listen about dry hero games, Great stick segway, around, sir. because we are about to do an overview and review of Cryptid.
2: Cryptid is a three to five player game published in 2018 by Osprey Games, designed by Hal Duncan and Ruth Fevers. Art is by Quan Moriya. Moria, plays in 30 to 50 minutes for ages 10 and up. Cryptid is a deduction game where players take on the role of cryptozoologists in search of cryptid whether it be yeti, chupacabra, or any other legendary creature. At the start of the game a card will be drawn revealing the layout of the map including the location of the different structures and which book each player will take and their numbers to look up in the book. Each player will then take a book and look at the number given to them in order to determine which clue is true for them. For example, your clue might reveal that the cryptid's habitat is within two spaces of a standing stone. Look on the board, then you will know that the location of the cryptid will be within two spaces of the standing stone marker. Another's clue might be that the cryptid is in one of two types of territories, such as a desert or a water space. There is one space on the board that will meet the criteria of all the combined clues. The players are trying to narrow down the location to be the first to discover the location of the cryptid. They'll do this through deduction based on the clues revealed throughout the game. In player order, everyone will go around placing one cube at a time on a space of the board that does not match their clue until everyone has placed a total of two cubes. For example, if your clue states that the cryptid is in a desert or water space, you might put your cube on a mountain space. After everyone has placed two cubes this way, Players will take turns doing one of two possible actions. First, a player may ask a question to any other player. To do this, the active player would place a black pawn in a space and ask another player if the cryptid could be there. Based on the clue the player has, they would need to place a disc if it could be true, or a cube if it could not be there. If a cube is placed, the active player would then need to place one of their cubes on the board, thus giving the other player some more information about their clue. The other action a player can take is to search. To search, a player will place their disc on a space indicating that the location is true to their clue. One by one, in player order, other players would either place a disc if that location is true to their clue, or a cube if it is not. If a cube is placed, again the active player must place a cube and the search immediately ends and the next player goes. If all players place a disk on that location, the player that searched is declared the winner, as that location is true for all the player's clues. And that's how the game's played, but let's get back and see what we thought of Cryptid.
0: So a little while back, we talked about going to Tennessee Game Days and playing some games there. And actually, Cryptid is one of the games that I mentioned in the episode where we talked about Tennessee Game Days and about how smitten I was by this little game. Spoiler alert, huh? Spoiler! Yes, uh, which you already mentioned. I like, I like deduction games, and this is no exception. So th- we decided, hey, let's just do a review of this. And so I taught it to John, and uh, it is a game i'm gonna talk about and not fully <laughs> review right say, now <laughs> i can't
1: remember did you say this was your surprise of the con out of all the games playing uh Teotihuacan and all that stuff yes. that you were like not that it was the best game maybe it was for you it was not my favorite
0: game but of the it was
1: the, the surprise you weren't yeah expecting much
0: it's or- not one that i sought out we actually we finished playing a game uh gugong i think if i remember right and then we had some time between the next game that we were going to play, and so somebody pulled us out, and I was like, okay, we'll play, because, I mean, it, there's no teach time, so we just played it. Let's let's get into
1: the, all this talk. Yeah, uh, I mean, but- that's why you were, you, Dean was dressed up, as we mentioned earlier, kind of a Sherlock Holmesy character, because he really does like deduction games. I've, I've noticed, and I guess meeble Town's getting to know you better, because you've talked up you know i guess mr jack pocket that was on your top five small games mm-hmm, yeah you've talked about detective. detective you've talked about um we like sherlock holmes consulting detective i
0: love the um i love the like the exit games and yeah. the, the unlock games i think those are a lot of fun uh, it, it really just like escape games in general i think are a blast so let's
1: let's let's go from there how does this compare what, what did you like about the the uh, or do you want to do art and components first let's do art and components all right we'll let's jump do, into that so let's let's follow our format <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's
0: follow of our format. Uh, so with art and components, I think the box cover is amazing. I really think it's beautiful. Um, it's, but that's where it stops. Okay, the, I I think anyway. I think it's beautiful. The I I have a thing about boxes that are thick and feel very sturdy, and this is one of those boxes, right? So in comparison, you look at games. We talk a lot about Stefan Feld on here. The like those Alea boxes. You know what I'm talking about? Like those the the Aaliyah, um whatever those like medium boxes or whatever yes. like those real thin flimsy boxes yes not a fan cryptid is not that box it's super sturdy <laughs> it's a box right but it's sturdy and I just I like it the way you're building good. it up you're yes. like yeah, yeah it's,
1: it's, well it's not that box <laughs> Dean says it's not that box <laughs> it is not quote that, that I was yeah. doing you talking about yourself in the third person again <laughs> that was the Dean Dean likes the box I like the cover I think you should yeah. start that okay. Not really. Do you like it? Um, yes. Yeah, I think it's cool. I, I don't think it didn't. I don't think it's amazing, but I think it's. I like the art, and it. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now inside the box. Now inside the box is man.
0: It is total meh. It is, but it it's okay. And actually, functionally speaking, I think it kind of has to be that way. It has to be clear. The if you look inside the box, you have these tiles that represent different types of terrain and uh, that you're looking for the cryptid okay then you have these disk and like wooden disk and you have these wooden cubes and then you have these uh what are they they're not cylinders but they're like yeah I mean they're essentially Basically. cylinders yeah I mean they're not
1: exact they have edges yeah and, I don't know how many edges eight right probably. and then these like tent Maybe. pieces
0: that go on there as well and that's yeah. it that's that's all the in car i mean honestly when looks. it's laying out of
1: the table it looks kind of like a dry classic euro yes like i mean <laughs> i mean it really does you just have cubes and a few tents there's mm-hmm. nothing great to the components
0: no i think that i'm not that's not a complaint i'm no i honest. No. the hexes almost look like the same kind of art as king domino you know the like, hexes
1: are definitely the most bright and vivid part of it
0: they are the funny thing is I don't think this is a game that will necessarily draw you in as you're walking by a table but it's really functional and I think I prefer that to something that would look amazing you know
1: I think that if I saw this just laying out on a table I had no idea what it was I'd have no clue that it was like some kind of a deduction game or something no. like that. I would maybe... Who knows? Maybe even area control or something because there's just cubes all over the board and stuff. I would be like, really? Yeah. Okay, let's move beyond the art and components then. Since you started that off,
0: what do you think... Would you say that this is a thematic game? Mm,
1: No. What? I mean, kind of. I don't know. I didn't feel all that. And maybe it has to do with the cubes that were laying down, the tents. So... And I know Dean's already done his explanation and everything about what the the, the game is like. But, you know, when it's your turn, you're laying down a person piece, maybe. I mean, you have several choices of what to do. And you may say, Dean, can it be on this hex? And then Dean knows whether it can be or not. Because in his book, it says it's on a hex that is a water or a desert or something like that. Or it's two spaces away from...
0: The standing stone. The standing or whatever stone, that is, which is yeah. one
1: of the like mm-hmm. cylinder-type things or whatever. Um, I, and so when, that's, when that happens, he's either going to put a disc down indicating, yes, it could be here, or a cube saying, no, it can't be here. So, I mean, you're looking at the land, and you see the water, the desert, the swamps, and you see all these cubes on the board. You see these like kind of standing stone cylinders that don't really look much like a standing stone. You see these tents that are just kind of – what are the tents called? Do you remember? The uh, shelters, I think. Shelters. I mean, it kind of looks like a shelter. I don't know. I mean, did I really feel like I was going on a hunt for a cryptid? No, (laughs) I didn't. You're probably right. I mean, it really does not feel
0: that way. But there is this sense of, like, the deduction in and of itself feels thematic. Not that you're actually looking for Bigfoot or you're looking for Chupacabra or anything like that. But that you're... The, this,
1: the feeling of the deduction feels, um, I don't know, it just feels... I feel like if it had more, uh, and maybe it wouldn't be as good, I don't know, or maybe it would be better, I don't know, if it had a little more of a storyline or something, like, there's nothing in it to where you like, oh, I'm getting close, we're getting close, so so maybe I saw the Bigfoot, or maybe I saw the Yeti, or maybe I saw the, whatever it is, you know. I So because of that, I'm just gonna, I mean, to answer your question, I didn't feel like gripped by the theme. Okay. I thought it was... I think the idea of it's cool, though. Yeah. I I mean, I... I, You know what I mean? Like, I think the idea of going to search for a cryptid is cool. I didn't feel like throughout the game, it was was super thematic to me.
0: Even when I set us up in the the introduction of how I taught you the game, that we're in the Pacific Northwest of the United States looking for Bigfoot, and you didn't feel that way. You know, I love the Pacific
1: Northwest, (laughs) but going to the Pacific Northwest, there... You, I guess there is a lot of different terrain whenever you get into certain areas of it. That is kind of cool about the Pacific Northwest, but no, I've, I, I don't know. I just it, it just didn't seem like the Pacific. Is it supposed to be the Pacific Northwest? Uh, I or don't think you it just, says. You, you just made that up.
0: I do think it says the United States. I think it does say that in the rule book, uh, but I don't. I don't think it says like the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: It's just there's so many different lands all together. It just didn't seem. I guess realistic that swamps and forests and deserts and all that stuff are all going to be together.
0: Maybe not that closely. Not together. that closely together. That's
1: that's. I guess that's why I didn't. When you maybe that's why when you said the U.S. or the uh, Pacific Northwest, I was like, yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, it was fine. I didn't go. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it's like there. Right. Right.
0: So the overview says you are all cryptozoologists trying to be the first to discover definitive proof of cryptids in the wilds of North America. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't draw you in. It does. I mean, it's okay, <laughs> but that's not what it feels like. No, it didn't it. feel like that. Yeah. And I think
1: it. I think it's because it has all these different terrains right next to each other, so it didn't seem as realistic as I'm going to the woods of Canada to hunt for Bigfoot, and we're you know what I mean, like that. And if it was more realistic, it might have the theme might have drawn me in. No, I'm not saying that I didn't like the game. Right. Right. We're just yeah. talking about theme. But right. What do you think about the gameplay?
0: Well. I like it. Abandoned shack, that's what it is, not shelters. Those Mm. little triangle pieces. Uh, Sorry, going back a little bit. Well, it looks like a tent. It's a triangle. It does. It does look like that. All right, so the gameplay I think is really cool, obviously. Nothing I'm going to say I don't think is going to be like this huge surprise, but um, I just think there's so much satisfaction in when you figure out or think that you figured out what the other person's rule is. I just think that's so cool. You love that, huh? Yes, I think it's I think it's fantastic. And and when you feel it makes you feel smart when you figure that out. And I like games that make that's you feel smart. That's what it is.
1: Anything that can make Dean feel smarter.
0: Yes, anything that elevates my intelligence in my mind is good,
1: right? I mean, when there's such a lack of intelligence there most of the time. <laughs> yes, it that's exactly right.
0: Much. Yes, you nailed it. That I is... was talking about myself in the uh. third person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I love I love that part in it, is that it makes you feel smart. It's like this, you're, you're sitting there and you're seeing cubes and discs being placed on the board, and this light bulb goes off when you're like, oh, I figured it out. Like, I know yeah. what they are. Let me move on to the next player and figure out what theirs is. And then, you know, then you narrow it down and it's just... It's such a cool feeling. And the other part of that is oftentimes you figure things out around the same time, right? You can, uh, which can, I mean, be, exactly. a, can be a The last drawback. game
1: we played, I knew, well, and when I say knew, I was pretty sure that it was the spot that it was, and I was the next player after Dean and he got it before me. Yeah, It was that close. And next yep. turn, I would have put it there. Would have, yeah. right? Would have, the- <laughs> but Dean beat me to it. His yeah. thinker was going a little bit, little stronger <laughs> than mine that game.
0: So in that sense, I guess that can be a negative too, right? That that if you're figuring things out at the same time, it almost can seem like it plays out itself. But I don't think that's the case. I think you have to think about you have to you have to put some thought into this game.
1: Yeah, that is a negative, a little bit of a negative for me. It seems, it does seem like. I guess it depends on how many players you're playing, but in our three-player game, it seems like it. <sighs> Sorry, this is not good radio. I'm trying to articulate this the best that I can. But, like, it seems like it's not maybe that difficult to figure out what the other person's clue is because it's a pretty quick game sometimes, but it seems like it's pretty obvious when it's... That's what I'm trying to say. It's obvious, almost, whenever it happens. I think that if most of the people, if they're thinking pretty... Intelligently around the table are gonna pretty about the same time ago. That must be what they are. Could be,
0: yeah. But at the same time, you're gonna have to take some, or you can take some risk in that. That's right? part of the gameplay. Yeah. So like taking the risk of searching instead of, um, instead of questioning where it is. So searching is where you put your disc down and say, I think that this is where the spot is. And if if then you go around the the table and you each either put a disc on or if somebody puts a cube on then that stops the search and you whoever searched originally has to put a cube on the on the the map so That's, like i think
1: taking some risk in that is um is part of it well that one part being a negative that is a positive is exactly what you said is on my turn do i even want to Like if I'm pretty sure that it's something, do I want to test the waters and go and and, and ask if that's one of the spots? Because if I do, then maybe Dean figures it out faster than me because he's going to be next. Right, right. So like I'm sitting back there going, I think it's that. Should I just hold back and just assume it's that and then make a guess? Or should I ask a question to solidify that it's that? But if I do, and that's what happened on my last turn, was I did something to solidify that it was something, and I think it helped click it to for Dean. Yeah, and he was able to a process of elimination cross off the next one and go, okay, well it must be over there. So maybe I should have just taken the risk and put it there, because I was thinking about doing that, but I wasn't quite sure. So that's my favorite part of the game was making those decisions. How much should I? let the other people potentially in on the secret. When should I make the question? When should I question? When should you search? You when mean, should like, I search? Yeah, yeah. I mean, When should yeah. I make those searches and, and and try to figure out where it's at? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think I like that. I, I I enjoy like the timing aspect of that as well. I do think there is this, when you're playing optimally, you're trying to throw the other players off too. And so to. when you're putting your cubes down, you don't want them to know where you are, right? And so you have to put your cubes down in a way that throws off your trail potentially because there's a lot of different options of what your clue could be. I mean, there's yeah. a ton. And so if you're if you're putting all of your cubes down on a desert space, for example, to try to throw them off for them to think, you know, okay, maybe he is, you know, not... You know, maybe he's on one of these other types of hexes, yeah. but you don't, or types of terrain, but you can't really guess that because all of them are on the desert spaces, right? So I, I enjoy that piece of it too. I
1: enjoy it, but also it's a negative in the sense of it's almost too easy of a throw off. Like I noticed that in our games, like everyone was just, for the most, not for the most part, throwing on the the first simple terrain that wasn't close to anything else. Like okay, well I'm just going to pile them all together. You know, you understand what I'm saying in the sense of it being a kind of a simple strategy. Yeah, go. but there's eh, so many
0: different there. options. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that because yeah. you know, yes, that can be that can be a simple throw off. But let's say I did, I placed all of my cubes on desert spaces as much as I could, right? Yeah, and so then. You have no idea what terrain I could be in, or it could be that I'm not even my clues doesn't have anything to do with terrain. It could be totally that it, it has could to be, do with for sure. You know how many spaces I am away from a but bear. But that's territory. in a spot
1: where it's not close to the bears, or it's not blah blah blah. Right, yeah. right. So you yeah, have I to figure that.
0: that out. But there are ways to to really throw people off. Now it's tough if you end up having to put a lot of cubes on yeah. the on the table because if you are somebody who has who has more experience with this game. I think you're potentially people could kind of pick on you to get you to put more information out on the board to gather that, which I think is it's totally fine, right? That sure. you can uh, that you can
1: do that, but sure. Anyway, I I think it's I think it's cool. Yeah, I, I'll say that just a few of my highlights were I felt like now when we first started playing this, it took me just a second to wrap my mind around, even though it's pretty it is pretty simple. I just had to think I was thinking less about the mechanics of it, but and more about how do I optimally deduce where this is. So it took, it took probably two or three rounds going around. Go Okay. This is what I really need to be focusing on or whatever. So I like that. It was pretty simple to teach. Yeah. Um, I also like that after you get your mind wrapped around it, for the most part, I think it's pretty quick moves. I think you, by the time it's your turn, you're already deducing. Hopefully if you're thinking in between turns, okay, this is probably what I'm going to say. Someone else might say something right before you and you might, have to alter it but it's fairly um it's it's fairly quick moves and i think that it's there's thoughtful decisions in that which i enjoy that like i like a game i do enjoy games where the moves are fairly quick but you have to think about what you're saying or what you're doing for sure if you're not thinking this entire game you'll lose yes yeah you have to so if you want a game where it's a little bit i'm not saying it's an intense game it's not i didn't feel intense Maybe it could be if you were playing with super serious players, but if you want a game where you're just kind of like azooling, like feeling zen, and it, this is t- not—I don't think the game, unless you're just wanting to have fun and don't care about losing.
0: That's right, and if you, to an extent, I think so. If you, if you're playing this game. Or, 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 let's say okay, you you're used to playing games where you take your turn and then you can go off and like you know get a soda or you know get a snack or whatever and then come back and play your turn. That is not this game. No, you're right. You have to be you, paying attention. You have to think the entire time. So which every, I like that. I do too. You're engaged the entire time, which I think is I think is fantastic. And I do think the intensity is there. It comes in the timing of this game, right? Yeah. So it's it's a countdown. You want to be the first one to find the cryptid, and so you have to be thinking like okay i know what these other people's clues are but also so does everybody else right so like you have to think i'm gonna have to take a chance and like so the intensity comes in Take a chance on me yeah the intensity comes in the fact that this is a race right that it's a race to find the cryptid before anyone else and i I think that's can be really intense potentially
1: yeah, yeah, I, and I'll say, I guess some of the, which we've talked about, some of the lowish lights for me was, uh, I thought the theme was okay, um, like we mentioned before. I don't, the gameplay just didn't grip me, I, and, I, and I think that I've come to the deduction. Oh boy. Oh have, boy. John has deduced that, that I, <laughs> yeah, I have deduced that I'm not, in general, I'm not saying that this is a forever, you know, settled in stone thing, but... I'm just not a huge deduction game fan. Yeah. So it's not going to... If you are, I think that it is positively quick. There's a lot of game for how quick it plays. Um, but I'm just not a huge deduction fan, so I, it didn't grip me because of that. And and maybe it's good or bad. It also goes back to, I think... It, the race thing that Dean talked about is huge hugely important, because I really believe that if you get players that know what they're doing... You're all gonna deduce it about the same exact time. Which maybe you like that, because maybe that leads to really intense like, do right. I just make the risk or do I not make the risk? I don't know if it's it's simple enough, and maybe is it too simple in the sense of I don't think unless you're playing with people who don't have never played it, you're probably not gonna blow anyone out of the water. You're probably not gonna Sherlock Holmes it and go, Oh well, I know exactly where it's at, and they have no clue. That's probably right. Yeah. You're yeah. all it's it's pretty simple. There's not a lot of the process of elimination is not that complicated, which then, on the positive side, makes it easy to introduce to people.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now there is a harder version of playing this game, um, which neither of us have played. That that's maybe a caveat that 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 adds that much more. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, but for me, I haven't needed that yet. I haven't needed to have that that extra layer of of difficulty in the clues, and I think that's that's fine. But. Yeah, I think I think those are some valid points. If if you're not a deduction fan, you're not gonna like this game. Like
1: this yeah. does not change. Same anything. thing as like if you don't like classic Euros, you're not gonna like Constantinople. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yeah.
0: So there's a game called Tobago that came out uh, a while back, and I it's been years, but I've played this game, and it's it has something uh, similar to it where you're trying to narrow down a treasure. Now the difference in that game is that you are all laying these clues down to show where that location mm-hmm. is. So the de- the location's not determined of that treasure until all the players are laying these cards down that will point to where that treasure is and then you go get it. Yeah. And I, I was always fascinated by that. I think this game, for me, is maybe even better because there is, a, there is one option, right? There is one hex on this board that this location, that the cryptid can be. And I think that's pretty fascinating. The math behind that, I think, is fascinating. There's a ton of cards in this box and a lot of different configurations
1: for for what's in this box. It's it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's that's another positive for this game is that I don't think it's going... I mean, you're going to be doing the same thing every game, but it can't really get that samey because it's just you're deducing and there's so many thousands of choices for where the cryptic could be. You're never going to be like oh, well, I think it's going to be the same as last game. That's impossible, pretty much.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, And, you know, by the time you get through the card, let's say you went through every single one of the cards... And then went back and played another one. You won't know. Like, you just... I mean, plus everyone has different roles. Oh, yeah. That's right. Then you That's have the, why. And different I mean, player counts. I yeah. no,
1: I just don't see you ever being able to... Yeah. Unless you play the game ridiculous, like, thousands of times. At the same player so that's a every that's time. a So yeah. that's a big positive yeah. Yeah. about yeah. the game. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's a game, too, that I can teach my 10-year-old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 11. <laughs> I gotta remember how old my kids are. I could teach my 8- and 11-year-old, and we could have a really fun time with it. And that's... And 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 I'll I'll say this, I personally, and I'll give you my rating here in just a minute. I didn't love the game, but that is one reason I would purchase it. And it's not a kid's game. I'm not saying it's a kid's game and adults won't like it by any stretch. It is not a kid's game. By any stretch. Yeah, I but I do I would, think that it's Yeah.
0: I don't think I would teach my seven year old. I considered it, but I was like, I I think the I think the clues would be too difficult to gra- for him to grasp. Yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's just me, but but I do think...
1: My other kid's nine. I've just like butchered my kids. <laughs> They're oh, 11 gosh. and nine. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I was just thinking of that. Yeah, go ahead. Um. So Jonah, if you're listening... To I know, Jonah. <laughs> I know, I was like, oh my god. He just had a birthday in my defense on March
0: 29th, so... All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the our final thoughts in okay. review. What do you? Well, Let's start in with the you, review. Then. And, uh, start, I the do that every time. This is the second time. Every you do single. That. I need to be well, the guys, one not saying that. Let's
1: start our cryptid review. All right. I've given you just a second ago. I was pretty good. I think about giving you my highlights and my lowlights for this game. I give it six and a half out of ten. I think it's... I know. Dean's. I know he's going to... This is good. This has been a fun one because we are going to... We've been disagreeing about it. It, Deduction games, for the most part, I don't think um, they are my favorite. This one was pretty simple, which, again, there's some positive to it. It wasn't a terrible game. What is uh, Board Game Geek? So, six is okay, we'll play if in the mood. Seven is usually willing to play. I'm somewhere in between those two. Um I'm. I, I wouldn't say that I would quite usually willing to play. I'm not. I'd have to. I definitely would have to be in the mood. But I feel it says okay. If I, I don't know, I feel somewhere in between. So I give it six and a half out of ten. I think it's a solid game. I think if you like deduction games, this could be an easy one to snatch up because you can play this thing in thirty minutes. Um, and if you, yeah. Anyway, and if you want to pull it out to, to like people who haven't played games much, I think you can absolutely do that.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it a much higher rating as you might. Yes. Uh, this is, it's right. I'm not going to boo you. Yeah. Your rating. I I, I didn't boo you. I just said wrong, (laughs) 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 which is worse. (laughs) Um, but I, I love this game and and a lot of that has to do with my wife loves deduction games. And so this is one I knew the first time I played, I was like, oh, she's going to love this game. And I was right. She really did enjoy it. It took her a minute to grasp it. Um, which I get it because I think the trickiness and it, I think it's an easy game to teach but it is kind of tricky because you're not like it's not like you're moving from the outside of the board and honing in on this one area but you're trying to figure out the other people's clues yeah. and I think that's the part that can be tricky Um, but once she got the hang of it she was like oh this is a really fun game we're going to teach this to family we're going to teach this to, to friends this will be one I think that will pull out quite a bit and it'll get a lot of play so for me this game is a nine. Uh, Wrong. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been <It's> waiting a... <laughs> the whole time
1: for you to say that. I didn't nine? hear anything really? I said. You wow, just... that is a, that's a, that's a serious score right it there, It is. Bro.
0: It is. So it it's an excellent game. I always want to play it. I, and that is exactly right. I wow. do. I want cool. to play this game. I want to teach it to lots of different types of people. And I can because it's a simple game. It only plays in 30 minutes. So even if you don't like deduction games like John um you can still play it and still appreciate it you might not want to play I appreciate it again it. but it's not going to be a it's not going to be a, a you know this this slog right it's not going to be
1: something you're just gonna be like ah, oh, i just want this to be over I, with i had fun of the game and like again six and a half doesn't mean that i if i didn't want to play it again it'd be a three you know i want to play it again yeah i just yeah. have to be in the mood
0: all right john so on amazon you can get this game for about 30 bucks
1: 30 really hmm yep okay <laughs> yeah no no that's that's i thought it was a little more than that okay. um not a lot more I thought it was in like the upper 30s but if there's not saying, a there's not a ton of stuff in the box so i 30 seems about right I mean even you know I gave it a six and a half and some people may say that's not i mean that's not a bad rating um I would maybe pick it up for 30 bucks if I like deduction games no brainer me yeah. um I would pick it up if i thought my my kids would enjoy it to play it with me yeah. Or if I wanted a deduction game, that's a gateway ish game. Yeah,
0: I'll say that. I mean, I think it's totally worth it. Thirty dollars yeah. is is not much for for the amount of enjoyment that you will get in this box. I think. Um, I will say if you think thirty dollars is too much, but you do like deduction games, I would really recommend seeking out like the uh, unlock games or exit games or just going to a <laughs> just going to an escape game. Right. The problem with those other ones. Um, is there escape their, room, the escape room? Yeah. Sorry. So the, they're one time plays. So exit yeah. games, they're all one time plays. Uh, the unlock ones, you can play them more, but you won't, right? Yeah. You can play it and then hand it off to somebody else. But, uh, this one you can just, you know, cryptid, you can play over and over again. You'd recommend
1: Mr. Jack too. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Mr. Jack for pocket
1: sure. would be cheap too. Probably wouldn't it?
0: It would. I would. Are they still printing it? I like both of those. I think Mr. Jack Itself, like the main Mr. Jack probably aligns more with cryptid than yeah. what this one, than what Mr. Jack pocket does. But either yeah. one of
1: those I think could be a good options. But again, those are, since we are all about strengthening community and everything, those are just some options for, yeah. for if you want a simpler game or maybe a cheaper game or whatever. Last question I'm going to ask about cryptid is, do you agree with the giant 7.6 that it got on? I mean, I know that you do because you rated it a nine, but still like. That's a really high score. It is. Are you surprised? I guess not. The right question is not, do you agree with it? Are you surprised that it's that high? That's pretty high. No, I'm not. Wow. This is a cool game. It just is. I'm surprised I at that, Now I know that it's pretty new. It's new 2018, so that will probably fluctuate. I, I'm, I'm surprised. That's a really high score. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's. I mean, 525 overall. Dude, isn't... that's what I'm looking at right now. 76 in family already. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. well, I guess it's less than a year old. When did that come out last year? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure when it came so out. So it's but... at least a year-ish old, and it's already made it up into 76 and rank 525 overall. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised by that um, to a degree. But I, I do think that it does have uh, fairly mass appeal, which is good.
0: It does. I mean, it, uh, if you like this type of game, you're going to like Cryptid. So anyway, that's it. I, I give it a 9. I think this is a excellent game i think it's fantastic if you like deduction games and you want a quick game now you do have to have three players i think there's a i think there's a variant where you can play two but i have no interest in that um so you need to have three to five players but uh, but it's excellent for me so nine for me six and a half for john and that's going to do it for our review of cryptid let's move on to our showdown between gold west and pioneer days Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the moment you've been waiting for, where we will pit similar games against each other and each decide which one is the best. This is the showdown in Meeple Town.
1: All right, Meeple Town, I called myself Johnny West to start off the episode. Nope, no you didn't. Johnny Gold. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm literally looking at a picture so I have this thing that I do that if I'm looking at something, I will say it. So if I if there was a person named Jeremy sitting next to Dean, and I looked at Dean, odds are I'm going to call him Jeremy. No. <laughs> that is completely opposite of what I was trying to say. If there's someone named Jeremy sitting next to Dean, I know Meebleton needs to know this, Dean. And I'm looking at Jeremy, but addressing Dean, I would probably then call Dean Jeremy. I do it all the time. If there's somebody named Jeremy sitting in the room, I'm going to address him as Jeremy. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I heard. If there's two Jeremys and they're going on a train, one east and one west. <laughs> All right, so you called yourself Johnny Gold. I call myself Johnny Gold not because I'm going to spoil what game I like the best. I just want to call myself Johnny Gold because we did some western-themed games, and I and it was pioneer-type-themed <laughs> <laughs> games, and I felt I'm going out west. I'm going panning for gold. I'm, I'm going, as in pioneer days, out to, to make a fortune, and, and I just I really like that. So my name is Johnny Gold, because I made millions. And we
0: <laughs> get to hear from
1: Prospector
0: Dean again. <laughs> oh, creepy,
1: creepy Prospector so, Dean.
0: when we started talking about doing this, it, did actually, it didn't hit me.
1: Mr. <laughs> creepy Dean.
0: <laughs> it didn't hit me that we've actually done a decent amount of Western games on our on our podcast. It seems like. I guess like. that's kind of
1: true. Yeah. We've done two now. Well, I was going to say we did a, bi- a full on review of Western Legends. Mm-hmm. We're doing these two and there's something else we did. Yep. I don't know what it Something is. Something with the prospector in it. Because you know. brought the prospector back out. Yeah, yeah. So both of these games are tasty minstrel games, and Dean and I have really—I think I'm, hopefully, I'm speaking correctly for Dean—have really enjoyed TMG games. Yes. Um, I, yeah. I, I, they're just—they're almost every time I play a TMG game, it's extremely solid. You know, and and so I I've 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 gotten to where I just trust them and everything they come out with that I know I'm going to. At least think it's pretty fun. I'm not gonna say I'm gonna. It's gonna be the best game ever. Right. But right. It's, they've they've and it's and I wouldn't say that about a lot of publishers, but I would say that about them. They they are doing they're doing solid games that I personally enjoy. I'm saying maybe everyone else doesn't, but I'm just saying that I, solid games that I personally enjoy. And so uh, Dean had this idea to do this Western theme, and because they're both TMG games, let's just show them down. They're not. The same games, they're, I mean, but they're Western things and they're TMG. <laughs> so I guess I say that to say they're mechanically different.
0: Oh, so different. Yeah, yeah, so different. It's 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 kind of weird when we when we pick our showdown games, we we don't always pick them for the same
1: things, right? They don't. We're not
0: we're not comparing them for the same. Like Five like, Tribes
1: and Yamatai, it had it had more of a similar gameplay correct, feel. They right. did, but this time it was more, and that's I guess what I was trying to articulate. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. You you nailed it. So these are Western TMG Tasty Minstrel games. Uh, And that is kind of where the comparisons end in some ways, because mechanically, like you said, they're not the same game by any stretch, you know, at all. They're just not. But we still want to show them down and say which ones that we think that we like better. And so that's what we're going to do. So which one do you want to start with, Johnny Gold or Johnny West? Let's do... (laughs) Wait, are we showing down between Johnny Gold and Johnny West? I just wanted no. to
1: see if you would catch that to see that I didn't mention Pioneer Days, which was quite a fun game, by the way.
0: Well, I'm Jer- just trying
1: to confuse him. Well, Jeremy, I think we should start with oh. let's do uh, let's do Gold West. Let's start talk about that first. Oh, since I mentioned that. Okay. Um so this is a Alex Kevin, J Alex Kevin game. I'm telling you, Dean had it, and he set it out on the table, and I thought first when I saw The box, which I'd actually seen the box before Dean brought it out. The box is boring. Yeah, I'm I'm art and componenting componenting the box and the and the board. I thought is pretty. It's decent. There's not a ton of art. I like the kind of like hand drawn look on the hexes. I really did like that art. But for the most part, the art is not very much. It's not prominent, which is kind of different for a tasty minstrel game. A lot of times, I'm really enjoying their art. Uh, but this one, I it's I thought not it was a, it's fine. A, to me. It's
0: not a knock on it.
1: No, because, I thought it was. Yeah, because you, you it's it, it, kind
0: of like cryptid, right? You you have to you have to have it as a functional and so uh, as a functional piece. And so functionally, I think it's great, right? Like sure. everything is very clear, concise. Yep. When you're looking at it, you can figure it out. I think the. I, I'm with you though. I think I think the box is it's okay. I, I guess I like it better than you. But I feel that way about most Western games that a lot of the a lot of the art just tends to be drab in Western games. I mean, if,
1: if I can go ahead and mention, since we it's a showdown, Pioneer Days, the box is way better in Pioneer Everything Days. Everything about the art is better. Yeah. the the, the well, I mean, let's just, we can say that, right? Let's talk about the art components for both of those <laughs> yeah, games. Let's yeah, just yeah. say that. So like, yeah. let's just show them down. There's no doubt um, that, to me, the townsfolk in Pioneer Days, the box in Pioneer Days, it's just, I like it so, uh, so much better. Now, I do like that. Not excluding the box, which I just don't like with Gold West, to be totally frank, I do like the clean layout of the board. Yes, yeah, yeah. I That's I true. I do like a minimal layout a lot of times because it, like you said, functionally it's it's nice. I don't get confused about where things are, so I very much like it. But if you're just saying what art. You know, I thought Pioneer Days had some really cool, cartoonish kind of looking art, and I thought it was. And I don't always go for that, right? I right, really don't. Yeah. But I thought it was really good.
0: Yeah, especially maybe in a Western game. Um, you don't, for me, I guess I don't see that enough, right? You tend to see that uh, Western Legends gritty, style, yeah, like yeah, yeah, gritty, like ton of brown. You yeah. know, like that's that's what I think of when I think of some of these Western board games. And in Pioneer Days, you're absolutely
1: right; it is not that way, except for the stagecoach. Tokens, right, right. Uh, that you are since we're talking about art and components that mm-hmm. you are using to track your score in Pioneer days. Oh my goodness, they almost look all like the same color. Yep. What? Yeah. What?
0: They're like. So are you? There's, there's dark brown, brown, or or the brown, brown or brown or
1: brown or brown <laughs> or the reddish,
0: the reddish brown, the yellow brown. Like it's. I don't know why that. Because it doesn't. It doesn't fit with the color scheme of the other cards. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But like you have these colored disc that mark the. You know, mark the the yeah. the
1: threat levels of the of the yeah, different green and yeah. blue and red, and then even and the dice are the same thing. The dice are like different colors because you're, and we'll talk about them a little bit more when we get into gameplay. But they're bright and they're vivid colors. Yeah, I don't know why they made that choice to make all those very drab and similar. And I don't care about honestly. I don't care about drab ish colors in a Western game. But when you're trying to mark scores and like at least two of them really were pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. The other ones you can tell the difference, but I could see you picking up the wrong piece and moving it. Cause they're pretty similar.
0: Yeah. And let's, I'm just going to stay there, camp out in the, in the scoreboard. I just don't like it. And in, in pioneer days, I do not like the scoreboard. I don't like, uh, I get the idea. Like the idea is cool that you're, you've got the stagecoach and it's going down this path to it Oregon or cool. whatever. But I, functionally I don't, it's got dashes for each number, which yeah. bothers me. I just want to see a, a number. I don't know it's something about that. That doesn't always artistically. Bother me. It looks better. Yes. Functionally, yes. it's not as good. That's exactly right. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yep. So I, I. So for me, the art is better in Pioneer Days. The knock is on the scoreboard, which really isn't like that big of a deal. Um, but it is. I don't know. It can be a. It can be a hindrance. But then with Gold West, I don't like the art as much.
1: Yeah, I will. Let me give a giant, big beef that I have with Gold West components. I see what you did there, the cattle beef. I didn't even mean to. It yeah, just you, you all natural, it. baby, all <laughs> natural. So the positively the stage coaches that are there's a track that keeps track of how you're when you're shipping goods to score points. Whether that's bronze or silver or gold or whatever. They're these really cool stage coaches. However, I cannot imagine playing that game with four people and you all Stacking trying to be on the up. same spot. Uh-huh. Yeah. Even with two players, when I stacked them up with my wife, they fell over constantly. Yeah. They really did. Like I'd go grab a piece and it would fall over. Why do they not make it wider? I have no idea, but I'm telling you, that's a huge beef and I I like Gold West a lot. Mm-hmm. That annoys the tar out of me. Yeah, like it just—I mean, you can sense it. It drove me nuts. And I, why they didn't go, like, I, it may annoy me enough to where if I'm playing three or four, I don't even want to do it because I'm like, where the heck are we? Or just figure out a different way. To, a different way to, yeah. like, yeah, maybe I will just get even something. small discs might the, even
0: be better than using the maybe. But goes. the
1: spots are so small. Still. Yeah, you'd true. have to have some really tiny discs. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could just have some stackable discs. Maybe I would take. I don't know, it drove me nuts. Sorry. <laughs> Dean's laughing. <laughs> oh boy, man, he's getting all fired up over there. I know. <laughs> you know, I don't get that fired up. But I'm I'm like, I'm like, I love Tasty Minstrel. Why do they do that?
0: Okay, I'm staying on component part. Okay, we we we've talked about the art, you talked about components too. Tasty Mentral, part of the reason why I, I'm drawn to their games is they make good games, but also the components are good. Oh, the
1: components are always They're, good. The production's you know, great.
0: For both of these games, you get thick cardboard. Yep. You know, the the etched dice on Pioneer Days I think are great. Uh all of the the even the, the thickness of the townsfolk cards and you know those those other cards that are used in the game and, and Gold West, every all of the different the the stagecoach meeples that you use to tr- the one that you're just yelling about, like they have these like painted you know, yep. like white paint on there to show what it is, and like I just you don't have to do some of that stuff. Like the meeples are, are custom on Gold West. All it's that's really good. Why I'm so
1: fired up, Dean, is because they do such a good job. Because it's not perfect. Yes, because okay. they all they all I, I don't have an, much to complain about on their games a lot of the time when it comes to the art and components they're always just generally let me say generally I'm, they're pretty good I'm pretty frustrated good. they don't use real gold nuggets in Pioneer taste. <laughs> that would be amazing <laughs> that would be amazing anyway so with, with that beef Let's talk about gameplay. Yeah, and you game compare play. the gameplay between the two. Go ahead, Dean.
0: Yeah. So in Gold West, what you are doing is you are going to be taking these, uh, you're you're taking these resources and you're moving them up on your track, uh, Mancala style, yeah. right? So you're you, you've got these four little spots. You take your your metal and uh, wood stone, and stone wood, pieces, yeah. and you're going to grab the whole pile out of one of those little crates, and then you're going to drop them one per and the the ones that are above it and then all the ones that come out on the other side are the ones that you're going to use for your action that time. So uh, so you, you
1: could have no goods, one good, five goods. Right,
0: right. So the metal ones are you're going first. You're going to take your metal actions after you do that. And with your metal actions, you can ship those off on the track that John was just yelling about a minute ago. You can for points, and you can uh, use them in Boomtown to kind of claim some end game scoring at the end, or you can use it for claiming the 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 investment cards. Um, and I think that's it, right? Did I? Did
1: I yeah, there's three ways to score points. Right, right. right. That you're shipping off goods. You're investing in Boomtown, which basically is an investment in, at the end of the game, victory points for the most part. Like if I have settlements around the river, you're going to score two points per settlement or one point per tent or whatever around the river, whatever. Something like that that will score points at the end of the game.
0: Right. And so then after you take your metal actions, then you're going to be using your stone and uh, wood to build settlements on the board. And when you're doing that, that's going to determine what you're going to gain for your resources later on, which is... uh, pretty, pretty cool how that works. And the thing is, if you don't, I think this is neat. So if you don't place, uh, if you don't have wood or stone come out to use for your settlements, you're going to have to take one of those, uh, one of your little shelters and put it on the board anyway, but you're going to lose points because you didn't build a shelter yeah. that turn. Um, that's pretty interesting, I think, because that's also the timing for the game. Every round of shelter is going to come off of your player board and go onto the board. And that's going to determine after, you know, the set amount of rounds determ- determined by how many players you yeah. have, that's going to be the game end condition. I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I I absolutely do. I I really enjoy how there's three different ways, really, to score victory points in this. So you can kind of go into each of the different ways, or you can really heavily invest in Boomtown or really work on your shipping and kind of ignore the investments or whatever. Um, And then there's also at the end of the game, you're scoring based on how many terrain tiles you have. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. So, like, if you have the most forest tiles, you're going to score... Uh, I don't know, eight points or something. The second most is going to score four or something like that, um, and, or the most gold. So, so there's there there there's a lot of like small decisions that can add up to a lot of points throughout the course of the game and at the end of the game. Like you may be like, oh, okay, I'm going to grab that tile just to get the two gold on it, but thinking, not realizing, or thinking, but it also is going to give me a leg up on. I've got one more tile now than Dean. That's that's right. in that terrain. So this is double good for me. Or I want the gold, but man, Dean's smoking me there. Do I want to go ahead and take it, even though I know I'm not going to win in that terrain? But right. I want the gold. So right. I, I love that stuff, man.
0: Yeah, that's the in the you know because of those decisions. There's a decent amount of player interaction in the sense that. Um, you, you have to you have to know where the other people are you know what resources they're taking uh, where their settlements are on the board. Yeah. so I think there is some player interaction for sure in and, that and
1: then additionally at the end of the game you score two points per connected settlement or whatever right and that's where the interaction can be very heavy because you can go in and totally start cutting off your opponent if you wanted to yeah if you yeah. wanted to be you can be nice and I've pretty much played this mostly nice. But you could be mean in this game if you wanted to. Oh, yeah, yeah. You could be like every time they start to get something going, just cut them off. Yep. Yeah. And block them. That's exactly right. Like. You can see what resources they need, take them. It you reminds know, me of the form in, in Form Trajanum. Yes. Where you're putting uh-huh. those, your your guys that you're sending out um, to the form, and like you could be as nice or whatever or as mean and try to cut them off from growing. So, And I, I, I enjoy, I, I quite enjoyed that. And I'll say this um, Dean had mentioned that people say that this feels kind of like a failed game. Yep. And I would agree with that a hundred percent.
0: You can get points in so many different ways in this in this game and there's so many Yeah, there's just so many different routes that you can take and and I feel like they're all valid, right? You can yep. focus on shipping uh shipping off your your medals on that that one track. You can focus on getting endgame scoring in Boomtown. You can you can totally I don't think you can totally ignore the settlements, but you but you can not Put settlements out on the board just so that you can, um, just so that you can you can get, get investments. Yeah, get like get that. the investments and get you know focus more on metal at you the only, expense you lose of game. One point per right. So well, you not... also gain the points at the end of the game too. Yeah, but uh, I don't think you can completely ignore that and do well because then when you're ignoring that, those tokens don't go onto your board, so you're not going to get the bonus points for those. You know your player yeah. board for the metal at the end of the game. But, uh, but it, you know, I played a game where I, I ignored in the last probably quarter of the game, completely ignored putting settlements out there and yep. just focused on getting a bunch of metal. And I
1: did well. I don't know if I won that game or not in particular, yep. but anyway. For me, I really enjoy how they're, um, and again, it, it, the reason that it makes me feel like, a, it made me feel like it was a failed game. Did I say that right? Or it felt like a failed game a little bit was that there's a lot of kind of quick, Decisions that add up as the game progresses. Right. What settlement I'm going to pick? Okay, should I go to Boomtown this time? Should I do this this time? Oh, am I going to grab that terrain? Which I I really like. It was very simple to teach. I mean, on Board Game Geek, I'm looking right now. The weight is two and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 very simple to teach, um, and a lot of ways to score points. Really, really like that. How do you think that compares to Pioneer Days?
0: Yeah, I'll just give a brief overview of, of Pioneer Days, which is also it's the weight for Pioneer Days is two point five eight, so it's about very similar. <laughs> it's and I will say that's probably right. Pioneer Days is a little more complex, teaching is a little more difficult, but it's I would not, agree with that. But it's not a difficult game. No. So in Pioneer Days, what you're going to be doing is drawing dice out of a bag randomly, and there's uh, different colored dice. And you're going to be rolling those dice and drafting like we talked in blueprints earlier. So I'll take a die. And when I take that die, it's going to be used for one of three ways. Uh, Well, yeah. So first off, it can trigger equipment that you have in your stagecoach, which can help you out. Um, But then you can either choose to use that die for money. And there's a track that shows you the value of that symbol on that die of how much money it's worth. You can use it to take an action. So that's to equip equipment on your stagecoach. It can be to you know, take wood or uh, what are, to take cattle onto your board. Lots of different actions. Six yeah. different actions that you can take. Five, and then there's one that's a, a wild. And then the last thing you can do is use that die symbol to match it up with a townsfolk. And that will just go onto your player board, which is good because townsfolk give you uh, potentially a, a boost right then or a boost each round. But then at the bottom, it shows you how many victory points you can get for meeting these certain requirements from yeah. the town folk. The problem is if you load up on Townsfolk is that you're going to, eventually you have this one track that is I like the, that track. Yeah. It's the d- Disaster Track. No. And so when the Disaster... Tr- it has four different spots in the Disaster Track. One is you can lose all your silver once you reach to the end, or half, I'm sorry, half your silver. One is that you have to spend a silver per cattle that you have, and if you don't, you lose those. Uh, you have to pay, um, another one is if you have, if you reach the disease track, you have to pay a medicine per townsfolk that you have, and if you don't, you lose the townsfolk. And then the the storm is you have to pay one word one wood per wagon that you have, and if not, that you have to take this little damage token that goes in your wagon. It really wagon. stinks. It definitely does. I'll go ahead and say about that since I've already kind of introduced it. But in Pioneer Days, the thing that I was most worried about this game was the disaster track because that is something that I typically do not like in yeah. games, right? Like building something up and then something just swoops in and tears it down. That's something that doesn't really sit well with me. But in this game, it didn't bother me. I really thought it if would. because prepared,
1: you can... there's only one of them, right? The silver one that you can't. But there's even – there's ways to – Stop that as well, right? To so
0: prepare, yeah. All of them... So not that you can stop it necessarily. Like the silver Correct. one, you're going to lose half. But if you spend it, right? If you spend your silver so you only have like one or two, yeah. you're only going to lose one, right? So it's not a big deal that and you are, lose are that are there much. any
1: tools or anything or any people maybe? I don't know that that can... Because some of them will say stuff like y- you don't have to... You can spend one less or two less like uh, medicine for your town folks or something right, like that. Right. Like, so there's, there's different cards too that can kind of help... But then that leads... The thing is about Pioneer Days I don't is that I think every decision really matters. Yes. Uh-huh. And so you can't just spread yourself thin, I don't think, on preparations for storms and stuff like that or you'll lose. Right, right. So you have to just... It's it's really making the right decision at the... I mean, I guess it's like every game, but really <laughs> making every decision at the right time. It really matters in Pioneer Days. Yeah. I don't think you can make too many mistakes if you're playing with people that know what they're doing and win the game.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think there's...
1: It's not as forgiving necessarily. Yeah, I don't think it's very super forgiving. Though the last game we played, we I guess it was because we both made some pretty major mistakes. Right. <laughs> yeah. I kept thinking I was done. Yeah, you won that the, that, that yeah, game. He, didn't you, you won the first one. I won the second. Yeah.
0: So the, the, when we've when we've played it, but yeah, I, I I would agree. Every decision does matter. Um, I really enjoy dice drafting, and I so do too. I had I had anticipated liking this game. Uh, I didn't anticipate. It, the decisions being so difficult to make in this game, you can have some AP in this game. Now it, it's no doubt about it. You know, a, a two player game that we talked about takes an hour, like maybe even less than an hour to play.
1: Um, and it, and that really does depend on the, on the um, AP going. Yeah. You could really, yeah. because, all right, I don't mean to derail them, but at first there are six town folk laying out and you're rolling three die. And one of them could come up wild and so you have, you could have like f- well five different events, um, but of course you wouldn't have six different town folk to pick from, but th- you're, there's a lot of different initially choices that you might have right. as the round progresses and the townsfolk get smaller amount. If people are taking those, you know, there may not, there may only be one that you could pick from depending on what the dice rolled instead of three or whatever. Right. But at first it's like, it can be kind of overwhelming and be like, man, I got to figure this out. Here's six new people. Yeah. I gotta read what all these do. Yeah, and I would recommend
0: if this is your first time playing, you're not as familiar with the cards. The problem is, okay, there's five five different decks of cards, and you're gonna use two every game, so that you know that's a lot. That's a lot that's of a different lot. cards that could um, you know play out. But the first couple games, I recommend you know using the AB decks or whatever, so you have an idea of what they do. But I I would say don't read those. Don't read the townsfolk cards until, until you roll the die. That that's you're what I draft. Did. Yeah,
1: but certain people will. Yeah, yeah that's I true. I I just know people that are gonna sit there and, and they're gonna be they're just gonna be analyzing it for next turn, and yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I I, I over yeah. I don't know. It, it, there can be some AP in this game for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. There definitely can. Um, I I do think that the uh, the way that your players your your character cards they'll have different abilities, and then as you're drafting those townfolk, I think it helps you kind of hone in on a strategy. And that helps. So, like, for example, one of the characters that you can have um, is if you're drawing uh, gold out of the bag. That's one of the actions that you can take. Just take a gold nugget out of the bag and it goes onto your wagon. Now, there's a player that says draw two of those and take the better one. Or, or, you know, draw two and then discard one back into the bag. Okay? So you're going to spend a lot of your time doing that probably and you're also going to focus on townsfolk that allow you to get points at the end of the game yep. for however many gold nuggets you have. So I think there's ways that like help you hone in on a strategy and just kind of, you know, go that
1: route. Yep. No, nope, that's good. You know, I, I as you were speaking about that and I was thinking about those townsfolk too by the way you know whenever that everything is laid out and you're the first person rolling like drafting dice I got a slightly similar feeling as Yamatai that I hated <laughs> you know what I'm talking about whenever all the new cards come out sure but yeah. I much prefer this I actually really like this game yeah so yeah. I just feel like I just want to say that I feel like it took some of that annoying AP and there was a little bit of it but it wasn't and I wouldn't say that it was really annoying um I I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I thought the decisions, as you were drafting the dice and stuff, were fun. I guess to make, even though there was a little bit of thoughtfulness. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I. That, that's what I thunk. All right, so John, you have to make a decision. You can only have one of these games. Which one are you gonna choose? It's not that difficult of a decision for me, even though I would rate them very pretty, pretty similarly. Um, Gold West. Okay. I just I, I Pioneer Days. It was just one of those things where I guess the the decisions, the mechanics and stuff didn't quite grip me as much. Now, it's more thematic, I yeah. think. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean I mean yeah. the other one you you could you could get it drawn into the theme a little bit. Like you are you are flipping over tiles as you have settlements in Gold West to get gold and bronze. And so that is semi thematic. But um but Pioneer Days is, is extremely thematic, especially with the events that are taking place, and you got to have medicine to help your folks, and you got to prepare for the storm, and so I, I did. I did quite enjoy that with Pioneer Days, but it was just I love the Mancala style. I love those decisions. Like I know we didn't mention it in Gold West, but like when you're putting them into your crates, you can get victory points for putting them lower. Which means it's going to take longer to get them out to make. So you could, right, so you right. have those small those. I just again, that's I a, like huge those. The it's a huge part yeah. of the game. It's a huge part of the game. So as soon as you draw those those you know, the gold or the stone or whatever, you put them in either zero, one, two, or three. There's four different slots. Zero means you could get them out next turn. If you wanted to, mm-hmm. you put them all there and get all of them out next turn, but you're not going to get any points for that. You can put them all the way down on the third one, but yet it's going to take you is if you drew two, it's going to take you putting extra goods or whatever into that one to draw them out. Or you're going to only be able to move them up a spot or two, two spots one one spot one two spots and you won't have anything to come out that t- next turn right and you'll right. lose a settlement yeah so i i just love the progression of decisions that you can make in gold west that don't overwhelm you but really can add up to i mean obviously add up to winning or losing the game it felt and it's not uh, uh, a felled love fest by any chance. It just, uh, out, Kevin did, uh, he's, he's his own man. He's not felled. <laughs> he did a great job on that game. Yeah. It's a fantastic game. Pioneer Days was very good as well, though. So no no negative on, it's not on that. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I didn't mention this. I mean, this, there but... are negatives, but I'm
1: just saying that no pooing on right, Pioneer right. Days. It's a, it's a very solid game. Yeah.
0: So I didn't mention this, but the designer for uh, Pioneer Days, uh, two designers, Matthew Dunstan and uh, Chris Marling, and... So I'm gonna go ahead and jump into my pick, and it was a lot more difficult for me. I really, I can go back and forth, you know, on either one of these days. Some days I might be more in the mood for one. I would say that more often, I think I would choose Pioneer Days. I knew it. Um, Just because I like dice drafting, I think that's a a really fun aspect of the game. Uh, It does feel more thematic. Um, It feels like this. It feels like uh, like an an Oregon trail type experience. 100%. Right. Yeah. Um, so the the thing that we didn't mention in, in pioneer days is that at the end of each week, so you're playing out your, every uh, dice drafting, every time you take a die that counts as a day. And then at the end of five days, you're going to be going to town and you're going to be going to the, uh, what they're called favor conditions. Uh, and so, you you look at the board and you see okay there are these conditions that the town wants and mm-hmm. if you meet them you're going to get favor tokens for the end of the game which are are uh, victory points and they're huge right you can yeah. get a ton of victory points that way and I think that's a really cool uh, a, a cool aspect of the game but I just I love the progression I really enjoy the dice drafting disaster track was something i thought i would hate and i actually thought it was enjoyable and and you can control
1: that we didn't mention this you can manipulate it in a way to really mess up the other players too yeah you could be nasty in that game yeah you could be nasty in both games but you could really be nasty in in pioneer days you love it look you should look at dean's face because he loves when i say the word nasty <laughs> hey <laughs> should i be called uh big nasty at the beginning of the next no which would be kind of kind of goldbergs-ish i don't want to derail us there's big tasty but there's big nasty there's a big nasty nasty. at um
0: uh what's the restaurant mcallister's they have the big nasty Ooh, i call myself mcnasty mcnasty because because my last name's mcpeters mcnasty oh boy all right i would choose pioneer days but (laughs) slightly um both of these games are so much fun they're good games i think and if you're thinking okay i have to choose one no you don't if if you like the oh, western no. theme, I say get both of these. Honestly, absolutely, they're, they're... so different.
1: Yeah, sorry, yeah. I just got really excited about that. But that's the reality. They're, they are so different. It's yes. If you like if you like um, the western themes in particular, they're both very solid games. I I, I will say that. Um, I mean, neither one blew my mind, mm-hmm. but right. they were very solid games. Yeah, and I would, um, for sure. I don't own either one. Dean owns both of them. And I I'll for keep sure would keep own uh, Gold West, li- literally no problem, and I would own Pioneer Days if the price was right. Okay, so I mean, I, and, I, and again, that's and I, I still quite enjoy it. So let's let's look at the board game geek score for both of these real quick before we end the episode. Uh, Pioneer Days is seven point four. That's a really high score. Is ranked fourteen hundred overall. So that not, not, I mean, that's not bad because it's, there's thousands of games on here, yeah Um, Yeah. but it's not super high on the flip side. Gold West is rated. Oh, they agree with me. (laughs) Seven and a half. And it's rated 692 overall. Now let's say this pioneer days was 2017. This is 2015. This has had more time. Uh, Gold West has had more time to move up the rankings.
0: Yeah, but Gold—I I, I, mean—I think it, a lot of it has to do with the fact that Gold West was really popular when it yeah. when it came out. Pioneer Days flew under the radar. a
1: it little It definitely more. did. It was it was yeah. one of those that I remember initially. It felt like there was some hype because it was Tasty Minstrel, and I remember really thinking. But then it kind of seemed like it fizzled. But it's a really good. Like I was actually I was actually expecting to like it less than I did because of that i thought because i hadn't heard about it as much lately maybe it wasn't that great of a game it was really fun yeah it was really fun it's under strategy games by the way gold west is 365 so i i to- i 100 agree with the gold west rating we're not giving ratings but i'd probably give it a seven and a half or so very solid very You just fun gave game. a rating i did
0: hey john why don't you tell people since we're gonna go ahead and wrap up episode number 13 why don't you yes, tell sir. people how they can get in touch with
1: us yeah, man, that kind of seemed like you were cutting me off quick, Dean. Yeah, I was trying to. <laughs> <laughs> that was purposeful. <laughs> All right, so go to the YouTube's if you want to. We would love for you to to check those out. We've got a couple new YouTube videos up. We're trying to post a new video minimally every other week, uh, but maybe even every week or so. So Meeple Town Games, Meeple Town Games at um, Twitter, Meeple town Games on. Instagram, board game geek guild, thirty four oh seven, and as I've said before, any any of anybody that subs or or whatever, any of these things, we just we super appreciate it. We invite everyone to be a part of Maple Town. We really want to have just an awesome, thriving community of board gamers. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But so, well, that's
1: it going well, to do it for episode number 13. That's going to do it for episode number 13.
0: Join us next time for episode number 14 and until then, thanks for coming down to Maple Town.